Hello and welcome to Silence, a podcast where women get really honest about surviving and thriving in what often feels like a man's world. My guests are wonder women from the fields of science, technology, engineering and mathematics or STEM, where inclusivity and diversity can be a real problem. I know this only too well as a female Southeast Asian mechanical engineer. I was kind of a minority within a minority back then. I'm Dr. Shanice O'Mara, an engineer turned broadcaster. Throughout my career, I've worked on and reported on some cutting edge technology and innovation. And through my television work, I've met some incredibly inspiring women from a diverse range of STEM fields. Talking to these exceptional ladies has often left me feeling empowered, hopeful and excited about life. I believe silence will enrich you too. Every week, a woman in STEM shares her unique experiences with absolutely no pressure in having to promote her accomplishments or guard her impressive reputation, because I've come to realize that everyone is just way more open and relaxed when they're anonymous. So I deliberately disguise my guest voices so that we're just connecting as human beings rather than human doings. It's my hope that you really relate to what we chat about today. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even rate and review the show. I'd love to have your feedback. This week, my guest is in the field of clean tech. Hi. Hello. Hi. So what is clean tech? So clean tech is a, a description for two words that come, come together. Uh, clean, that comes from the clean energy word, and tech is technology. So when you work on technologies that affect the clean energy word, that's clean tech. Right. And what kind of things need clean tech? Um, Basically, if we think about the energy that we consume every day for our, like, you know, basic activities, uh, turning the light on, uh, turning the oven on, uh, and so on, um, that is powered by some energy that is um, uh, generated somewhere else. And ideally, we would want our world to be cleaner we would want to uh, produce less emissions. So if we increase Mm. uh, the generation of clean energy using technologies, that's where clean tech could become a very valuable field. Ah, okay. So when you talk about clean tech, you're talking about it from an energy consumption point of view. Energy generation, energy storage, and energy consumption. Ah, okay. Why did you go into that field? What what was driving you? So um, I'll be I'll be honest with you. It the, the, the journey wasn't really planned, uh, uh-huh. uh, but I was really driven by um, matching solution uh, problems with solutions, and maybe in some some places as well, be the person who invent a solution or uh, try to uh, to solve a problem. Mm. And that's where I think uh, I made a decision quite early on to uh, get into STEM and um, acquire enough knowledge to, to, to have the tools to be able to do that. Mm. Why? Because you wanted to solve a specific problem and STEM was the way to get you there. So how old were you when you realized STEM was for you? Quite early on, um, I, I was always uh, interested in uh, physics, mathematics, chemistry, uh, engineering. Um, I, I was, I mean, from, from from like since I was a little girl, um, these were much more interesting topics to talk about. Yeah. Uh, these were like uh, uh, the the topics that I was interested in, like 
playing with, you know, playing with like having toys, like a bridge, building a bridge was like a, my favorite activity with my dad when I was, I don't know, five years old or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, quite, quite early on. Mm. Yeah. For me, my dad has been my biggest inspiration because he's an engineer himself. And so I was raised in a household where um, problems were always being solved using, you know, ingenious solutions. Um, what kind of household did you grow up in? Uh, so I am the only, um, uh, uh, so I have two brothers. I'm the only uh, um, a, um, daughter and um, uh, I didn't have sisters. Uh, we we all kind of grew up developing our own interests separately my my brothers are not as interested in stem as i am oh wow <laughs> so huh. maybe this is like one uh one sign that actually stem is not gender related <laughs> yeah definitely but have you always been the type of person that found stem subjects easy yes Okay, so you were naturally sort of gifted in those subjects anyway. Uh, I was, I think this this really comes from my relationship with my dad and the type, because he's a mechanical engineer. Ah, there you go. Yeah, snap. And um, it, 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 the conversation with him was, was always like really, really interesting because mm. the way of thinking and the conversation with him is about if something doesn't work, let's fix it. Let's make it work. Let's think about yeah. it. Yeah. So um, I, I'm definitely inspired by my father and, and that has affected me. Mm, yeah. A lot of girls, you know, feel like maths and physics isn't for them. What would you say to girls like that, given that it seems like you were naturally good at those subjects anyway? Um, I, I would question uh, their exposure to these uh, uh, um, subjects because mm. sometimes you feel, uh, you, you hear stories about like exposure uh, where um, little girls early on decide that this is too hard for them or this is not yeah. for them just because mm. their exposure was either limited or they did not have enough, like a representative experience of what these topics actually are. And uh, I think that maybe that's that's where we should uh, where we should question like what 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 experiences they had and on what exposure they had, mm. uh, because I think we if if we would really to look at how we can increase the number of uh, women in STEM, we need to to think about what attracts them and what what exposure they have and whether they have enough exposure whether. Um, the, the environment that we we use to deliver STEM through is like sufficient. Is it enough? Is it interesting enough? Is it exciting enough? Uh, and I'd, I'd question all that. Yeah. I mean, you put it in a way that I've never really heard as succinctly before, which is that it's not about girls not being naturally good at STEM subjects. It's about how their interest is nurtured through those subjects. And I see time and time again, young sort of teenagers experiencing the intimidation of subjects like maths and physics 
and kind of seeing them fall away from it, that whole leaky pipeline, um, you know, really does exist. And so I guess what you're saying is let's look at how it's being taught. Yeah, and uh, if, uh, say, say, for example, anything that new that we learn, uh, especially like if it comes later on in our learning journey, we feel uncomfortable with. And, and um, I mean, I've had, uh, like you, I mean, I did a few degrees, even, even a PhD, which is like a long journey of, of learning or academic learning. And even now, if I am about to learn something new, which I know nothing about and I was not exposed enough to, I feel uncomfortable. And I think this is yeah. natural. Uh, maybe I think we, we, we start the exposure of STEM to, uh, uh, to uh, um, little girls. And, and, and in some countries, even uh, girls and boys are not exposed to enough STEM early on. So yeah. the way their thinking is shaped and the way they accept or feel comfortable with these topics is less than others who had an earlier exposure where the experience was comfortable, nice, and, and, and it becomes like a, um, a natural learning experience. Yeah, I mean, you're making me think back to my own journey in STEM subjects early on. And I must say, I found maths and physics and chemistry really, really difficult because I just couldn't relate to the subject matter. And I knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my father, but I was always self-doubting because I just didn't get it when it came to the subjects I needed to get onto an engineering course. Mm -hmm. um, and now that's making me think, gosh, the way we're taught STEM subjects in school is actually the key. It's paramount to sustaining people's interest in the subjects. Um, how can we make it more fun, more approachable, less intimidating? So uh, thank you for asking me this question. It's a really interesting question. And and you know what, let's, let's think about, say, gaming and toys. Yeah. If you think about the, the toys that we give to girls as opposed to the toys that we give to boys mm. it's a learning experience it's some level of exposure to stem from from the, the point that we we they start to interact with toys and i did this experiment with a friend we went to buy a a, a gift toy for 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 a friend who just had a baby and i said uh, just look in that direction for 10 seconds and then look back at me and tell me what your impression was he did that and came back and said, pink. Uh, and that is true. You, you find that the, the, the toys that are designed for girls, uh, and I think this is changing, uh, they are a, a, a lot about the bright color, uh, less, uh, less um, mechanical, more, um, you know, design fluffy yeah, more cuddly fluffy uh, and you know what this this is a learning experience this interaction on its own is teaching a human being how to interact with objects yeah. and later down that develops into a, an interest and if we could start from that point where we develop interest of uh, little girls and boys to uh, you know to to be around uh, 
what's the desired outcome later, 20 years later, I think we might be able to see change. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about like the children of friends of mine whose little boys naturally gravitated towards like the construction sets and the diggers and the cars and all those mechanical objects and I'm actually wondering whether they gravitated towards them or whether they were just given them and so they found them interesting what I mean I loved Lego when I was a kid so I mean you know my dad was always giving me awesome cars and things because that's what he hoped he could play with when he was a kid and things so I was given those boys toys um and just found them fascinating. So really, it's down to the parents, isn't it? It's down to the parents and teachers of what we expose our youngsters to. Yeah, I, I loved fast cars. Yeah. <laughs> I still love them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and it's, uh, uh, when, when, when like uh, someone from our friends or, or, or a family member would, would get me like, a, a, say, a Barbie house, I would use it. I would use it as like a parking for my brother' uh, car. Yeah. It's uh, it was definitely not something that I I at any point showed interest mm. in. It's funny because you kind of sound a little bit like a tomboy, considering that you went into STEM um, and you're the only girl in your family, but uh, you don't come across well, at least through your voice, as being a tomboy. How have you managed to balance? your femininity with being in STEM? Um, um, so uh, your interest in learning is one thing. And basically, you know, in in the class, in the family, I also like have a, um, a very feminine mother. She, she always also, um, um, she, she taught me about the importance of always looking after how you look and always like, you know, speaking with, with, a, with a nice voice, always being nice to people, always being very engaging. Uh, and uh, uh, that is part of the learning as well. It's not only focusing on STEM and, and, and ignoring the rest of the world. Mm. Have you not found that by studying STEM, because it sounds like you've gone very far in your studies, um, and academia, have you not found that often your STEM studies have clashed with those more softer skills? Um, maybe like uh, um, statistically, say uh, when I when I uh, uh, started to go into like later in my career when I started to go into. Uh, meetings and, and statistically there were less women in these meetings than men mm. uh, but uh, but but then your life is not only that meeting right it's like you are a right. lot more of what happens outside that so so statistically around the profession yes there definitely are less women uh, and the the more I progress with my career unfortunately I see less and less women in meetings and in gatherings, and and I hope that this will change uh, because because the the, the, the mix is very important to achieve better results for everyone. Uh, When I go to an interview and I see a woman in the room, I feel more comfortable, uh, and and my interview is better, and and it happened to me a few few times already. 
uh, just because of seeing someone was similar in, in a way or, or another to, to you. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. It is good to be around people that are like us um, because we just feel more relatable. Um, how has it been for you as a woman in STEM generally in your career? Like, have you had to develop any kinds of um, not coping mechanisms, but just like characteristics that are essential for surviving and thriving as a woman in STEM? Um, so, um, so, so my daily job, I run a, a clean tech startup. Uh, so I am the CEO. Uh, I am the, the person who uh, uh, who is, um, and in my team, I'm the only woman. Uh, so the I think I developed some skills that are needed to run a business. Uh, some of them are uh, perceived as acceptable in the uh, men world, less acceptable in the women world, just because there are less women doing these jobs like being authoritative when you need to, being uh, assertive when you need to. Uh, and um, so, for example, when I, when I have to be in, a, in a, a meeting where I really want to be taken seriously, I was coached to, to, to use my voice differently, like to have, uh, to have my voice be, being, um, uh, coming out stronger and trying and control that because that is, that projects some confidence that I needed to prove that I know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. Yeah. You actually got coaching for that? Yes. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, because because uh, early on I was told that I had a, a voice of a little girl <laughs> and and that that is not good if I am asking investors for, um, uh, for money and if I wanted to prove to others that I am capable of running uh, a business that is associated with some difficulties and, and, and needed some type of people to, to be able to do that. So, uh, so I got coached to do that and, um, it, 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 it did work. And I'm sure that, uh, some, some, uh, other women have, uh, similar issues or maybe they don't have these particular issues, but, mm-hmm. but they would have others that they would co- be coached to, yeah. to basically uh, get to the level that they needed to, to be able to do a certain type, type of job. And it's not, it's not a natural thing uh, to have, but you get trained to do it and, and, and you learn it. Yeah, because it is very much about the way you carry yourself in the world, because academically you have excelled and proved your intelligence through your qualifications. But there's a next level of um, kind of accomplishment, which involves kind of how we view ourselves as human beings. Um, And that really affects the way we carry ourselves in the world. Have you sort of looking back on your career development, have you experienced those different skills that you've had to acquire? Um. Yeah, so uh, your question is about basically the transition from the skills that I needed as an academic and the skills that I needed as, as a in, business person. Yeah, in the real world, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, definitely. It's, a, it's an important, uh, I guess, point to talk about because 
uh, first phase when I decided that I uh, did not want to uh, um, become an academic and I wanted to uh, to be an entrepreneur, I I spoke the 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 um, the academics language, which is very yeah. detailed, uh, uh, very accurate. And then when you when you ex- when you speak that language and you sit in front of investors who are not specialized in your field and have no um, no particular depth that is similar to to yours uh, just because you studied the topic for years and they didn't uh, they, they, they are experts in something else you don't speak the same language these two words clash and you, you really need to work on the transition just to be to become credible to be taken seriously and uh, that transition wasn't particularly easy. I, I still remember it. I really needed to unlearn some, uh, m- like, m- my style of explaining things yeah. and, you know, bring it to the high level where I summarize rather than go through the details to basically show people the value of things, even if they did not have the, 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 the right uh, ability to understand the details because they, they, they did not research the topic mm. gosh I so relate because that's the same journey <laughs> I went through going from academia to media because if I was to continue my similar levels of communication in academia I would lose my media audience because it's just too much like you're too in depth you're too immersed and you just bore people or lose people, yeah. uh, even though it's really fascinating, you know. Yeah, but you know, if you if you research this, this is like part of the the human brain. If you know too much about something, when you talk about it, you're going to describe it that way. <laughs> um, mm. But that doesn't mean that the person in front of you who doesn't know as much would have the ability to to absorb all of this information. So. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 not it's not easy to unlearn these skills and learn new ones. Right, it is important for engaging other people into STEM, isn't it? Because um, you know, I think that's what often puts girls off is that subjects like math and physics um, and even engineering. I mean, people just it just is so unreachable. Like it just seems so intimidating and far, far out there that girls just think, oh, do you know what? This is really not for me. Um, So being able to communicate it is key to engaging more women into the fields. Yeah, that, that is so true. I totally agree with that. It sounds like you are extremely inspirational and, um, you know, a great role model. Um, are you doing anything yourself to be able to sort of encourage more females into STEM? Um, so uh, I don't think I do enough. Uh, what I really try and do is um, focus as much as I can in the work that I do because mm-hmm. it becomes uh, successful. That on its own is the inspiration. Totally. Women, that this has been done and this has been done uh, regardless of, of the gender yeah. uh, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I, um, I, I, I do a lot of uh, 
activities around that. Uh, I would love to uh, later down the line, uh, but uh, at the moment, I mean, I participated in a in a few campaigns uh, around um, around uh, uh, attracting more young people to engineering, but this was not a gender uh, a gender uh, uh, focused uh, campaign. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like um, you've got your hands tied because, you know, you're running a startup and that's all consuming. And that's often the thing about women in STEM is that, you know, they are so busy and so um, rushed off their feet that it's difficult to try and get more women on board. But, you know, did you, apart from your dad as being a role model, did you have any women in your corner sort of seeing you through um your stem career um so not not that i remember many throughout um throughout the uh, like academic uh, journey but uh, i guess now these days there are a few incredible women in the industry mm-hmm. that um they, they inspire me so much they uh, they have developed um, a character that can cope with uh, so many difficulties, and there's a lot to learn from there. Yeah. So uh, it's women in the energy industry uh, or in the um, engineering field. Mm. I must say, you do come across as being someone that's very confident um, and certainly extremely capable. But have you ever had times where you've really doubted your abilities in STEM? Uh, yes, um, uh, that is something that I think uh, keeps you calibrated. Self-doubt is not a negative thing as long as you don't um, you don't let it take over your your ability to think and act. But mm. it's good to always like you know question yourself if you're doing the best thing you can do with your time with your capabilities. Mm. If you make the right decision or if you make mistakes, go back and try and fix them. If it affects people at work, apologize. Self-doubt is, is not a bad, uh, it's not particularly a bad uh, a, a thing uh, to have. It's, uh, but I, I, always, I always doubt myself. I cannot say every day, but very often. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, um, it's kind of, reassuring to know that you also have self-doubt because you sound like you're so successful and you know that you've never had a tough day (laughs) in your career um but I'm sure you know like all of us that can't be the case um but how do you contain that self-doubt because I know personally that when self-doubt creeps up on me Um, sometimes I can get a bit overwhelmed with it and just think the whole world's going to stop spinning and, you know. Um, Do you have any sort of, like, advice for just containing it? Um, As long as it it doesn't, you don't have it for a really long time, um, uh, you you doubt yourself, you think about things, and basically you make conclusions and act on them, um, I think I think that's when uh, when self doubt is good. If it if it takes really long time and it paralyzes you from uh, making decisions, acting mm. on them, 
that when I, I think self-doubt is, is, is a negative mm. thing and, and uh, uh, balancing yourself because that could affect your confidence, your capabilities to, to grow, to learn from mistakes. Really the purpose of doubt is to you understand that you always make mistakes, but when you doubt yourself is like, you know, this is the, um, the processor in your brain working and checking if actually like you could fix the mistake that you make or you could avoid making mm. it next time. Or if it impacts on people, you just clarify, apologize. Uh, because because that is, that is very important for, for the continuation of your work and the continuation of your Yeah, learning. so kind of use it as a tool. Yes. Yeah, it's the reason why I am sort of focusing on the self-doubt side of things is because it's probably responsible for the leaky pipeline because there mm-hmm. is very little evidence to suggest that girls and women are not capable in STEM subjects, yet they do drop out. And so often I just think... Uh, it may be down to um, not believing that they are capable of doing the job well and maybe just actual logistics where they are are unable to have the life they want within STEM because it's just not geared up for women. Uh, and also, if... if um... Not not everyone should be in STEM just because the, the, the you know there is a there is a, a need for that. Mm. But I think I think giving um, enough exposure that allow people to think about it fairly rather than to uh, to make conclusions based on a difficult uh, math teacher or that not everyone has the ability to cope with, or uh, a difficult math exam, or, you know, you, you lose some people because, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't have, um, you know, they don't find it uh, as challenging, challenging enough and interesting enough to, to keep doing it. Uh, not, not everyone should be uh, attracted to STEM, but... I think it, it's it, it's it's really important to at least have enough exposure to make fair conclusions. Right, because it sounds like you have always been driven by a problem that you wanted to solve. And so what came first was the passion to solve the problem rather than whether it's STEM or not STEM. And, you know, it was more like the bigger picture first. Yes, and then the steps you need to take to get there. Yeah, and then STEM was the tool. I, I was always interested in in um, in learning more about you know how how, how a bridge is standing together. Uh, how do you uh, uh, how, how do you do you design a tower or or something like that? I found these uh, objects uh, around us very fascinating. Uh, mm. And uh, and that was very interesting for me to understand, like the how, and the how really came through like a STEM uh, knowledge. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, it's uh, n- not everyone would find the same uh, the same interest. But I'm yeah. sure that today, with the technology that we have, I mean, I did not grow up with a, a an iPad and an iPhone. We did not have that when I was. But but these are as well like these are. Uh, technology pieces that were designed by engineers where everyone uses them. And I think it's fascinating to understand how they work and, and why they are, uh, how they are put together, how they work, how you uh, uh, run out of battery, for example, how you recharge. Mm. 
uh, I mean, all, all of these should be like, you know, a, a conversation that, uh, you know, you talk about with, uh, could be a conversation that you talk about with your friends and, 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 and this is, there is a lot of STEM in it and it's not a, a, a dry math class. Yeah. I mean, given everything you said, I must say that it seems like the question of gender is not really of utmost importance. What is important is passion and interest for the subject. Yeah, and I really think that if we if we want to focus on STEM, we should say we need more STEM. Uh, and more STEM means uh, it's inclusive. Uh, we need more more STEM to be introduced to children since they are young, uh, and and then uh, from there that's uh, the, the, mm. the, the 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 pipe the pipeline, um, and not not really like uh, make it gender specific or uh, a class of people specific. Um, just just being aware that um, the, the, the drive and interest w- with people, like when they are very small, uh, it, it it it's pretty much uh, um, similar. Uh, even if uh, if we if we mm. make it similar, yeah. I mean, you're a CEO of a company, and you said that your your colleagues are all male, like. As a CEO, are you keen on having diversity and inclusivity or is that not the main focus? So when we hire, because we are not a big company, we're a small company, uh, not a huge amount of resources, we hire the best person for the job. And in many jobs that we advertise for, we didn't have a single woman applying for them in the first place. So it wasn't even possible to hire a woman when there were, were like no women applying for the job. Uh, and uh, um, I really hope that later down the line, when we grow a little bit bigger and we can have uh, more the type of jobs that when we advertise them, we have more women applicants, uh, that we will, have, uh, we will have more women in the company. And again, we come across that issue where there are just no women available, but it's not necessarily about that. Uh, it's more about the right person for the right job. But I think, again, that does highlight that at the grassroots level, we do need to encourage more people to go into STEM. So, yeah, it's completely consistent with your message. More STEM. Yeah. And if if we were a large company, I would have done it differently because we would have resources and training programs to um, uh, accept women for the job, even if they don't have all the qualifications and train them. That takes time. It takes uh, some resources. But some corporates uh, who are profitable profitable with large uh, pockets, they can do that, and and some are actually doing that, and and this is really like one way of tackling this problem. Unfortunately, with startups, you work uh, with limited budgets. You're too small to make decisions like that, and you really have to hire the best person for the job. 
And it, when you make decisions like that, gender is not is not um, is not really like the, the the parameter that you you, you usually look for. Um, but I really hope that um, we we can change that uh, later down mm. the line. So apart from changing how STEM subjects are taught and how parents kind of nurture their kids into being interested in STEM, what can individuals do to explore um, STEM, uh, perhaps the way you did when you were a kid? I mean, it, it, it's it's if you have, like, say, with my nephew or my friend's uh, um, daughters uh, uh, and uh, uh, sons, I, I always uh, I always play with them games that are associated with thinking about, uh, you know, uh, how you hold something, how it falls when you throw it. Uh, why that happens, and uh, they like it. They they um, they they engage very well with that. Uh, so I think that that as a as an I mean, I'm not their parent, but uh, as a as a friend uh, or or a family member, you you could always like uh, have uh, have conversations with little kids that you know might spark someone's interest. And I think that that is something that. Um, it could could really change the, the the interest level of of a child in in a topic or not, or make them more um, um, curious about something and um, so on. Mm. It's kind of sharing your passion for STEM with others, really, because it sounds like uh, you have such a fascination with the world of STEM that. Uh, you're able to pass that on. And that's precisely why we need more role models in the world like you. Uh, yeah, and also, I don't think m- many uh, role models that I have, they're not women. Mm-hmm. They're, and uh, they're very supportive. They inspired me to do this. Uh, so that's why I think that the gender association uh, might might not be fully representative of my personal experience. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I had uh, many supporters uh, who were men just because they recognized that there aren't many women in this field. They wanted to support a woman, uh, and 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 that on its own, I think, is is something that is worth us saying that men are actually uh, allies, and and if we don't have role models that are uh, women in in a field. It's fine to look at men who wants uh, who wants to do things and, and see them as the role model. Mm. So, on that note, then, how are you finding the compatibility of being in traditionally male-dominated fields and wanting to maintain your kind of womanhood, perhaps in terms of you know relationships, having a family, those kinds of very like deeply feminine things um it's a it's it's a possible balance uh, many others uh, have done it before mm. uh, and it's it's a possible balance and it really depends on uh, your choices of, of uh, you know who your friends are uh, uh, who you partner with uh, what you know you, you you'd only um uh, choose to uh, your circle based on what you want to do. 
uh, and it, some others have, have definitely done it. I, I'm not the first or the last uh, woman in this field. There are many others who have families, have children. If they want to have children, uh, uh, some have, um, you know, I, I know a, a, a CEO of a really large utility company who have five children. Gosh. And she had her entire career, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, it's definitely, yeah, you see some others do it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I must say, in talking to you, I just feel like nothing could hold you back. And it's really all about the attitudes we choose to have as individuals as to whether we're successful or not and knowing your background I know my audience has no clue because we keep this podcast anonymous but knowing your background and your accomplishments it really seems like your perspectives on life and your attitude towards what you do has allowed you to succeed so thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your wisdom with us today on silence Thank you very much for having me. That's it from my STEM guest this week. Gosh, what an unstoppable woman. Um, nothing, nothing holds her, this guest back. And I must say, it's really inspiring listening to her because I realized that whenever I sort of moan and groan about how difficult life is, I just think, hold on a minute. It's my choice to see it that way. And I always have a different option. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget to rate and review the show and catch you next week on Silence.